In the midst of darkness, trouble, and crisis, we may be tempted to believe that God somehow is not really for us. We may even think that God is against us. But nothing could be farther from the truth. Coming up, the glorious truth of God's triumphing love, even in the worst of circumstances, next on Daily in Christ. Welcome to the Daily in Christ podcast. I'm Mark Fanus. When the COVID-19 pandemic slammed into the world in early 2020, leading to shutdown after shutdown after shutdown, which resulted in death and suffering from those afflicted with the disease, many people losing their jobs, many businesses closing, hospitals and medical workers being stressed in ways they had never experienced before leading to riots, fires, death, and destruction in our cities. When all that began, I asked the Lord for direction for this ministry. And at that time, and this would have been back in March, I was finishing up a series called Blessed Beyond Imagination. I thought maybe I should stop that series and address the crisis. But God intervened right away and said, no, don't do that. People need to understand that he is a blessing God, and they need to understand that, especially in the midst of crisis. And then he led me to craft a series, this series, based on Romans chapter 8, verses 15 to 39, called More Than Conquerors in the Darkest of Times. And so ever since then, I have been teaching about the glorious biblical truth that No one and no thing can ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the Bible makes it abundantly clear that that is the reason why we are more than conquerors, even in the darkest of times. Now, if you study the book of Romans in the Holy Bible carefully, you will see the incredible unfolding of the gospel. The gospel is the most incredibly good news you could ever hear. It takes things from our worst to God's best in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, our text is Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. And before we get into God's Word, let's go to the God of the Word for His help, His direction, His revelation. Father, I thank you that you are good. I thank you, Lord, that you are loving. And Father, it's because, and this is clearly shown in your word, that you love us so much, nothing, no one can separate us from your great love. Father, I pray in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would take this time, take your word, Father, from the Holy Bible, and do the thing in our hearts and lives. Bring revelation of you and your heart. Lord, help us to see truth. 
Help us, Lord, to get a strong foundation in our lives that's unshakable no matter what we're going through. And we give you the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here's our text. If you've got your Bible, it's very important in this podcast. This is a Bible podcast. So if at all possible, get your Bible out, have it ready, and right now turn to Romans chapter 8 once again, and we begin in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. Well, there you have it. Aren't they some of the most amazing words you could ever hear? Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. Now, as we begin... It's important to observe that in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39, you'll find a series of fundamental questions and answers when it comes to the love relationship that God has with us. And these questions are not maybe-so questions, but they're questions that lead us to the certainty we have because of what God has done through the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see here a question that's raised and then an incredibly powerful, resounding answer. Now, in the last two episodes of this series, we went into greater depth about Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 34. So we'll only touch on the questions raised in those verses and God's amazing answers. Okay, so here's the series of questions that come up in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 39. The first one is in verse 31. And it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So the question is obvious. What then shall we say to these things? And the answer is, if, which really means since, since God is for us, Who can be against us? Think of it. What it's saying there is not so much a question. It kind of comes out as a question, but it's actually, um, it's the thought. It's the truth that's brought out that God is indeed for us. And because he, God, who is the only rightful judge, is for us, and he is indeed for us, no one can truly be against us. So that's the first question, verse 31. Now here's the second question, verse 32. And this is powerful. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 
the question that's raised is, how shall he not with him, with Jesus, also freely give us all things? And the answer is, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Now look, when we're going through a situation, when we're going through an everyday need or even a full-blown crisis, we have need of many things. And what is brought up here is the fact that God didn't even spare his own precious son for you. The greatest need that you ever had and ever could have is resoundingly answered because God the Father spared not his own son. He delivered him up for us all. So the question is raised, and it's more of a rhetorical question than an inquisitive question. How, almost like, how in the world shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Yes, even even in your difficulty, even in your great need. He gave his son, and together with him, he gives you all things. Here's the third question, verse 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Now, the question is, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? The answer is, it is God who justifies. And again, I want to point you back to the prior two Uh, episodes, particularly the one last time, where we talked about God justifying us and what that means and the incredible assurance and power it brings to our lives. He is the one who puts us into right relationship with God because of the Lord Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And now here's question number four, found in verse 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So the question here raised is, who is he who condemns? And again, we learned in the previous episode that only a judge has the legal right to condemn. Satan cannot condemn us, nor can anyone else. In fact, they have no legal standing as a judge before God. So who is he who condemns? And the amazing answer in verse 34 is, it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. And now we get to the big question in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ. First, the who. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? That's the question. That's the big question. Think of that. Is it possible for any person to separate us from the love of Christ? Now, we're not talking about your dinky on-again, off-again love for Christ. No. This is Christ's love of you, Christ's powerful love of you. Can anyone separate you from such infinitely powerful love, whether it would be a a tyrant, a seductress, a powerful and charismatic leader? 
an unsaved spouse or parent, an unsaved boss who works you like a slave, classmates who taunt you at school? How about a demon? Can a demon separate you from the love of God in Christ? How about the Antichrist? How about Satan himself with all his beguiling powers? How about you, yourself? Can you separate yourself from Christ's love? You know, many Christians wrongly think they can, and it's wrong. Based on the context, not only here in these immediate verses in Romans chapter 8, but everything that's been established heretofore in Romans chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, what we see is a reality that no one, not even ourselves, can possibly separate us from the love of Christ. And then Romans 8 talks about Things that threaten to separate us from the love of Christ. These are found in verses 35 and 36. Verse 35 says things like tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. You know, all of those things that are listed in verse 35 are the worst kind of things that can hit a human being. Think about it. Tribulation, that means times of trouble. That could be something like you've just received a diagnosis of cancer, or you've just found out you're fired from your job or laid off, or you found out that your spouse has left you, tribulation. And then there is distress. Distress is a person who's in a burning building or maybe thrown overboard at sea, distress. Or how about persecution? We know what persecution is. How about famine? That's being without Nakedness, again, the same idea. Peril, that means danger or sword. I think sword is the most high-level danger of all. That's someone who's out to kill you. Romans 8, verse 35, raises the question, can these incredibly awful things possibly separate us from the love of God in Christ? And then verse 36 quotes, A verse from Psalm 44 in verse 22, Psalm 44, verse 22, and it says this, As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Now, that quotation in Romans chapter 8, verse 36, if you go back in your Bible all the way to the book of Psalms in the Old Testament, to Psalm 44, verse 22, actually you need to back up because this verse is from a very depressing passage in Psalm 44 that has the psalmist complaining to God that God has cast us off and put us to shame, that God does not go out with our armies In verse 10, Psalm 44, verse 10, you make us turn back from the enemy and those who hate us have taken spoil for themselves. Verse 11, again, the psalmist complaining about God being against him and them, you have given us up like sheep intended for food and have scattered us among the nations. 
Verse 12, you sell your people for next to nothing and are not enriched by selling them. Verse 13, you make us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to all those around us. Verse 14, you make us a byword among the nations, a shaking of the head among the peoples. And then the psalmist His complaint gets personal in verse 15. He says, My dishonor is continually before me, and the shame of my face has covered me. Verse 16, because of the voice of him who reproaches and reviles, because of the enemy and the avenger. Verse 17, all this has come upon us. But we have not forgotten you, nor have we dealt falsely with your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. But you have severely broken us in the place of jackals and covered us with the shadow of death. And then verse 22 that's quoted over in Romans 8.36. For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Oh my goodness, how depressing. Do you know that all of this negative talk, even blaming God for things going wrong, do you know that that is law thinking? That that is the curse of the law thinking? Compare all these things that we see in Psalm 44 with the long list of curses of the law found in Deuteronomy 28, and you'll find they look very similar. You see, when things go wrong in our lives, it's easy to think of our own sinful behavior and conclude, well, all these terrible things are happening to me. I'm getting the curses I deserve because of my sin. We can think all of these bad things are happening because God is doing it to punish me. And I want to let you know, friend, that such law-based, law-cursed thinking actually drives us deeper into sin and darkness and away from God. Just like Adam and Eve, when they fell, we, like them, turn away from God and hide instead of running to God as our merciful Father. And so many Christians fall into this trap of Satan, who is the accuser of the brethren, and They get this law-curse mentality, and they run from God instead of to him. And guess what? They make shipwreck of their faith. But God never wanted curses from the law. In fact, he didn't even want the law in the first place, because God is a righteous, blessing God. The problem and the reason why law came into the world was because of sin And at the heart of sin is our own self-righteousness. Who, like Israel of old, had the gall to say to God, all that the Lord has spoken we will do. Exodus 19.8. You know what they did shortly afterwards? That was the incident where they molded that uh, calf, that golden calf, and worshipped it instead of God. Can you believe it? That self Righteousness is what binds us to the law and its curse. The law says if you fail even once, you get no blessing from God, only horrific curses. 
That is the law mentality. And with a law mentality definitely comes a curse mentality. Because, listen, no one can ever keep the law. The only one who did that, who kept the law in all perfection, obeying the Father from the heart all the time, continuously, without fail, is the King of Righteousness, the Lord Jesus Christ. But the glorious truth is Jesus is the perfect one, not you. Jesus is the one who did all and fulfilled all righteousness, not you. And this is precisely the way that God gets the glory, not you. Now, I want you to remember how we got into Psalm 44 with all of its law-based, cursed thinking. Because Psalm 44, verse 22, is quoted in Romans chapter 8, verse 36, in the midst of the question of horrible things that threaten to separate us from the love of Christ. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And then look at how Romans 8.37 tears into this gloom and doom, woe is me mentality with the glorious truth of the new covenant. I love this. Romans chapter 8, verse 37, and it's the driving force of the title of the series. The title of the series is More Than Conquerors in the Darkest of Times. Verse 37 says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, the Greek word for that word yet at the front end of Romans 8.37 is the Greek word Allah, which is a lot like how we would say today, hold the presses. So verse 37 interrupts the hopeless misery of our law-based, law-cursed, miserable thinking with, hold on a second, hold the presses, late-breaking developments, the story has significantly changed. You know, for many years, I was a radio broadcaster. And one of my duties was as a news director. And over the years, I saw many urgent updates and bulletins come across the Associated Press wire service in our newsroom. Well, I'll tell you, I will never forget the day back in 1989 when I heard that alarm going off in our newsroom. And whenever that thing went off, it indicated a news bulletin. And so I looked at what was coming across the wire, and I'll tell you, I will never forget fastening my eyes on the Associated Press's incredible bulletin, East Germany began tearing down the Berlin Wall on Friday. I couldn't believe it. The Berlin Wall was coming down. That wretched wall that tore the world in half. That wall, along with the rest of the Soviet bloc countries, what was called the Iron Curtain, that wall in Germany meant the triumph of communism, and it was being torn down. And exuberant Germans on both sides of the wall were tearing it down. I couldn't believe what I was reading. For decades, that awful wall meant misery to the world, and it was coming down. That meant that communism was coming down. 
I ran from the newsroom and I interrupted our broadcast with the words, we interrupt our broadcast with this incredible news bulletin from Germany. The wall is coming down. They are tearing it down. And you know what that led to? It led to the fall of the Soviet Union. The Iron Curtain came crashing down and things changed forever. Dear friend, I now have the incredible honor of interrupting our regularly scheduled mental broadcast of gloom and doom, law-based and law-cursed mentality with this incredible news, straight from the Bible and the heart of God. This just in, Dateline, Romans 8.37, yet Allah stopped the presses in all these horrible things. Listen, we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. Listen, we're not just talking about winning. That's not enough here. We're not even talking about being champions. That's still not enough. We're not even talking about being conquerors. That's not even enough. It says in Romans 8.37, we are, are, are more than conquerors. Listen to me. Listen to this incredible good news. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. Oh, how could this be so? You might read it in your Bible. You may even have it memorized. But somehow it's not computing in your head. How in the world can I be more than a conqueror? I can barely pay my bills. Listen to me. Listen to what God has to say in his word. It says that, read it for yourself in Romans 8.37. We are more than conquerors through him. By means of the Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us. There are two two things to see about this incredible truth. The first is this. It says, through him. And it speaks of by means of him. You wonder, how in the world can I be more than a conqueror? I'll tell you how. By means of him. The way in which God has made us more than conquerors is by means of Jesus Christ And listen, his ability to make us more than conquerors because of what he has accomplished for us. And the second thing that we see here in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, is that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. God's great, overcoming, miraculous powerful, life-changing, healing, delivering, saving, blessing, great love is the power behind it all. God has done this. God has done this, as it says over in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins. And what happens to us as we reach a deeper understanding of the reality and the truth that God loves us with a powerful love, that God is for us, not against us, and that no one and no thing could ever separate us from the love 
of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, my dear friend, it leads us to persuasion. We become persuaded. And this is what verses 38 and 39 say as we cap out this incredible passage and finish uh, this series, beginning in verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. That's in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. Well, first of all, this is persuasion. And I want to contrast this to any kind of persuasion we could ever get from the world. I mean, You may have a weather forecaster who says, well, I'm persuaded that we'll have a nice weekend. Well, maybe that'll work and maybe it won't. Or maybe you've got a, um, you know, portfolio, financial portfolio uh, investor, and he says, I feel pretty good about this fund, but he doesn't really know. You really can't have full persuasion. I mean, there is nothing in this life of this world that can give you This kind of persuasion that we're talking about here in Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 38. Why? Because this persuasion is based upon the integrity and the reality and the goodness and the truthfulness of God. You know, I'm reminded of what it says over In Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, one of the most amazing, powerful verses in all of the Bible, it says this, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? That's over in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. Did you hear that? That's the reason why we're persuaded, because God isn't like me or you. He is not a man that he should lie, fallen man. He's not a son of man that he should repent or change his mind. It says here, has he said? You know, when God says something, you can take it to the bank. Has he said and will he not do? God is not a one who says something and doesn't actually fulfill what he says. Has he said and will he not do, or has he spoken and will he not make it good? You see, the persuasion that we have here in Romans chapter 8 is based upon this reality of God himself being faithful, God himself being the God of all integrity and truth. And it is precisely because of that and because of his powerful love, because of everything that is laid out for us in the book of Romans, and I say this often, but the book of Romans lays out the case one layer at a time, layer upon layer upon layer of God and his righteousness and his goodness and the effect and the change that is made through the Lord Jesus Christ. And here we are in Romans chapter 8, verse 38, for I am 
persuaded. This isn't a pep talk. This is the believer who has seen the truth that we're talking about, seen with your eyes by the Bible. And it's important to be in the Bible to see what God has to say. And also through the work of the Holy Spirit, bringing illumination to us so that we understand that leads us to persuasion. Here's what he's persuaded about. We're persuaded about. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life. Now, we're going to see several like couplets of things that can be, again, challenges against us, difficulties. It, it, it doesn't matter whether we're talking about death or even life. This persuasion of our loving, powerful, all-conquering God who makes us more than conquerors, we are persuaded even in the face of death or life, even when we are at the very end of this earthly life, when we are on the deathbed, we have this persuasion that can strengthen us and move us through, that nothing, no one can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, listen to this, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. Now, we know what angels are, but principalities and powers refer to uh, Satan's realm of uh, his beings, those fallen uh, demons and, uh, you know, archdemons and high powers of darkness, not even the forces of hell itself, the forces of Satan can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to hear that last part of verse 39, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the difference. Satan can't get into that place. Death can't get into that place in Christ Jesus our Lord. But you know what, friend? You and I, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, born again, we are in Christ Jesus our Lord. No devil can get in there. No death can get in there. Then it says this, I am persuaded and no uh, angels, no demons, no principalities of darkness, none of it can breach this incredible place in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then it goes on to say, not only that, but things in the dimensions of time, nor things present, nor things to come. You know, we get so worried and bogged down about our future. Listen, you are in Christ, believer. You are safe in him. And in that safe place, no demon can penetrate. No death can penetrate. No high power of Satan can penetrate. Even the dimensions of time, present, or things to come can penetrate the great fortress of being in Christ Jesus. And oh, by the way, friend, being in Christ Jesus is not a position. I say this a lot. You are not in a position. You are in a person. 
And that person is so strong, so powerful, so mighty, and that's your strength and your security. I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come, listen to verse 39, nor height. And I believe that refers through the all the way through to heaven, nor depth. You know, that goes down to the deepest place. I'm reminded of Corey Ten Boom, that great uh, Christian Dutch woman who ended up in the horrible Nazi concentration camp because she and her family had provided uh, shelter and uh, safety for Jews who were being persecuted by the Nazis. And she ended up uh, and her family going to a concentration camp. And at the very worst, she lost her dear father and she lost her sister. And she was all alone. And on a very cold day, they every morning would call them out to roll call and they I don't think they even had shoes on. It was just miserable. It was terrible. It was an awful existence, yes, in a concentration camp. And in that awful place where she was so, the pull of despair was pulling at Corey Ten Boom's heart, in that awful place where she felt certain she was going to, to die a horrific death, she looked up and she could see a bird flying in the morning sky free. And God spoke to her and said to her, Corey, there is no pit deep enough that my love is not deeper still. Let me say that again. Somebody needs to hear that today. God said to her, and he says to us through the authority of what we're looking at right here in Romans 8, 39, there is no pit in life so deep that my love isn't deeper still. And that's upon the authority of the word right here in Romans chapter 8, verse 39. It says, nor height, nor depth. No pit, no awful situation. His love is deeper still. We are in that impenetrable fortress of the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that wonderful? And then it says in verse 39 as well, nor any other created thing. You know, there's a list of several different things and even some bad things that we were reading about earlier, you know, uh, peril and distress and persecution, famine, nakedness, sword, all of these things, even people, these created things. Well, here it says, nor any other created thing. So that's it. All the bases are covered. None of it. No one and no thing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me have the honor of reading these verses again that we have been looking at today. Romans chapter 8, verses 35 to 39, which says, Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, 
or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. Hey, I want to add one more thing onto that list. Not even you. Not even you believer, can separate yourself from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I think probably one of the most unsettling things is our own sinfulness and weakness. And there is uh, rampant in the body of Christ a false doctrine that a Christian could lose their salvation. You know what? Yes, you can lose your salvation. I lose my car keys. You expect me to keep my salvation and not lose it? No, my salvation and your salvation, dear friend, is not yours to lose. Your salvation is God's to keep. So the question is not whether or not you could lose your salvation. Of course you'd lose your salvation. You know, I have people who will say, do you believe that a Christian could lose their salvation? I go, oh, yes, absolutely, 100% likelihood. Every single Christian, 100%, they will absolutely lose their salvation if it depended on them. But it doesn't. You are not what determines this whole thing. It never was because of your ability It is not based upon you in any way, shape, or form. It is based upon God himself. And I'll say it again. There is, it is not an issue of whether you could lose your salvation. Of course you could lose, can, will lose your salvation. Your salvation is not yours to lose. It's God's to keep. And that is the full counsel of the word of God. Praise God. And I I felt the uh, urging of the Holy Spirit to press that through to you at that moment, that no other created thing, including you, believer, can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray. Father, I am so awed at your great love. Father, we're in a time, as you know so well, better than we do, that is so dark and so uncertain. And there are so many things that are going wrong. It seems like the world has gone crazy, but the world has always been crazy whenever it turns its back upon you. And Father, we do pray for so many people that are lost. They are, as it says in Ephesians chapter 2, dead in trespasses and sins, following the course of this world, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, as it says in Ephesians 2 verse 3, following the lusts 
of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the others. Oh, but Lord, thank you for the interruption of you. Thank you that you have stepped in. Thank you, Lord, that that changes our story. It changes our destiny. It changes the outcome. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that great truth in Ephesians 2. And it reaches over and links up with the powerful truth of Romans 8.37. We praise you for this, God. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Oh, Lord, we're not losers. We're not being beaten over the head. We are not the tail. We are the head because of him, through him who loved us. Thank you, Lord. I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would take your word, Lord, that's been presented here in this episode. And Father, you would do the thing by the Holy Spirit that you do and you do well. Bring revelation, bring insight, bring understanding, and Lord, above all, a profound revelation of you and your heart. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, my dear friends, I don't know even how many Christian ministries are sharing and unpacking the truth like we have been doing in this series. If you have been blessed by what we're sharing in this series, More Than Conquerors in the Darkest of Times, please let other people know. Christians especially need to hear this, but the unbeliever can benefit so much by hearing the truth from God's word about God's heart of love. Would you do that? Would you let them know? All of the episodes that we have ever recorded in the Daily in Christ podcast, now greater than 100, they can all be found at our website, dailyinchrist.org, and they are available free of charge for download. Of course, this podcast is available on all of the popular podcasting platforms like uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, the app if you have an iOS device, like uh, an iPhone or an iPad uh, or a Mac. Um, You can also um, get this podcast through Google Podcasts. So if you have an Android device, very easy to get it. We also have it on the platform uh, Stitcher and uh, many others as well. Uh, So check that out. We have information on our website about how you can actually get the Daily in Christ podcast in podcast form on your mobile device. That's at dailyinchrist.org. My friend, do you have a sense of hope? Oh, uh, there's a good reason for hope. That reason is because of God himself. God is for us, not against us. He is a blessing God and don't forget it. My name is Mark Van Oos. It has been a pleasure being able to unfold this incredibly spectacular good news of the Lord Jesus Christ here on the Daily in Christ podcast. 
And always remember, dear friend, what it says in Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. 